Good evening, church. I hear Fred back there. Good evening, church. I still don't hear anybody. Good evening, Journey Church. Hello. That's a little bit better. Hey, Mel, how are you doing? <laughs> Good to see everyone tonight. Uh, this is the last weekend of October. Uh, we're going to be flying through here uh, to the end of 2023 pretty soon. But thank you for joining us here this evening. We really do believe that we are better together. And uh, life really does happen in small groups of people. So get connected if you're not in a group already. You can go to guest services if you're here in person and uh, see a volunteer. And they have all the answers to small group questions that you might have. Uh, if you're online, you can comment groups on this post, and someone will reach out to you this week and uh, let you know what groups we have available if you're online. We have a Zoom group that meets online every Tuesday. Uh, they just started a new study, and that might be something you're interested in. So if you're interested in that, just comment groups on the live stream, and uh, we'll reach out to you this week. Uh, tomorrow is our potluck, so uh, Saturday crowd, you guys are invited. Make it part of your plans uh, tomorrow if you're not going to be here at church in person. Uh, we're going to start around 11.45, 12 o'clock or so. And uh, we have Cane's chicken. We're also going to have some bone-in chicken, and uh, it's potluck style. And uh, we encourage you to join us, make that part of your plan. Tomorrow, uh, tomorrow crowd, Sunday crowd, uh, we'll see you tomorrow, and we're so excited to see what everyone brings, and uh, just a fun day of fellowship together. Halloween is Tuesday, and it looks like it's going to be a cold one. But we're going to be downtown, uh, downtown Cynthiana, a Halloween night, giving out some free pizza and candy. Uh, if you have any more candy to bring, tomorrow's the last day to bring it. You can bring it over here uh, to the right of the stage, uh, drop it in that bucket. And also, if you haven't signed up to volunteer yet, uh, you can still sign up and circle one of the time slots. Just 30-minute time slots is all we need. You can do multiple. You can just do one if you'd like to. Uh, we're trying to make it as flexible for you um, that it can be if you have kids or something like that. So if you're interested in that, uh, we encourage you to go over to this table uh, right beside the stage and get any more information about that. Like I said, it's the last weekend of October. November is coming soon, and uh, we have a November outreach that we're pretty excited about. Uh, they're called Man Buckets. Say Man Bucket. Now, y'all are thinking that's a weird name, and uh, it's a little different. Uh, these are similar to blessing baskets that we've done before. Uh, some of you that have come to Journey over the past couple of years, we've done these blessing baskets at Thanksgiving time, and we've given them to specific groups of people uh, in our community. So these blessing, or man buckets, I should say, these man buckets are just blessings that any man is going to enjoy. And on the screen there, you can see some examples. Guys like beef jerky. They like pretzels, they like peanuts, small tools, coffee grounds, coffee mugs, flashlights, anything else that you can think of that a man would enjoy, uh, we're going to put in these buckets. Uh, we don't have a number of buckets that we're making. It's going to be at least five or six, at least. It might be ten, but I know it's going to be around five or six. If you're interested in that, starting next week, uh, there's not going to be any candy in this bucket. Uh, we're going to fill it with this man bucket items. Uh, so you can drop those in this bucket and there will be some more information at this table uh, with more examples than just what's on the screen. We'll have that available next week. So uh, we want to bless someone this Thanksgiving and uh, we have picked some people in the community, specifically some men uh, that we think deserve a man bucket this Thanksgiving. So help us with that. You can also give to the Tide Jug to cover other costs if we, if we find that we need to get some more items as well. New series next weekend uh, called Momentum. We're going to be in that series for four weeks out of the book of Acts. So for the, the past 10 weeks, we've talked about uh, community. We've talked about church. We've talked about forward thinking, getting past our past from an individual standpoint. Next week, we're going to be talking about what does that look like for the whole church as far as a community standpoint. 
Uh, I think I summed that up pretty well. But that's for four weeks, and we'll throw a Thanksgiving message in there for November as well. So uh, join us for that next week. But that means we wrap up forward thinking. Uh, Ten weeks has flown by. And uh, this is probably one of my favorite sections of the entire Bible. We're talking about the armor of God, and it really is a dogfight, and it's going to be a fight to the finish. Let's go ahead and get started. Hey guys, I've got too many words I already know, but I'm going to try to get us through here as quick as we can. Ephesians chapter 6 is where we're headed. I'm going to read some of this to you. We're going to read it together. It really is a fight to the finish, and sometimes you need a little Jesus. Meet him in the parking lot. Say amen. Let me tell you what happened. A couple of hours ago before you guys got here, Fred and I were here already unlocked and uh, inside getting things going. And uh, you can get into a scuffle and not even know it. You can be an innocent bystander and don't even uh, know what's happening. And that's what happened to me. I was out uh, front here on the sidewalk and some poor fellow looked like he probably shouldn't have been driving. And before you know it, two policemen show up, city policemen show up, and he gets a free ride in the front seat with the policeman. And they come and tow his car away because he really shouldn't have been driving. You can get into a scuffle and you're an innocent bystander and don't even know what's going on. Say amen. Heck yeah. I'm telling you guys. It is. This world is crazy. And it is a fight to the finish. And that's what we're reading about. The world that we're living in in our life every day. It's kind of a crazy thing. So grab your Bible, let's dive in, and let's go to this last section of Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. Here's what it sounds like in the message paraphrase. Verse 10. And that about wraps it up. God is strong. And he wants you strong. Because you can get into a scuffle in the parking lot and don't even know it's happened. You need Jesus in the parking lot. Take everything the Master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, the armor of God, and put them to, put them to use so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. Verse 12 this is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple hours. It's fight to the finish. <laughs> Say amen? Yeah, I'm not kidding you guys. You can get into a skirmish and you're just at Journey Church and you're waiting on people to come in a couple hours and you're minding your own business and the next thing you know, here come the police. It happens. This world that we're in is kind of crazy. This is not some little afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight and struggle to the finish against the devil and all his angels. 
Verse 13, so be prepared the best you can. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. We do need more Jesus. Take all of the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued so that when it's over, when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Say amen. Say amen. amen. Did I lose you? Keep reading. Verse 14. Truth, righteousness. These are the pieces of armor that you need. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. So learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. You can get into a skirmish, not even know it. God's word is an indispensable weapon. Verse 18, in the same way, Prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Say open. Yeah, keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out because of some skirmish they're having. Verse 19, and don't forget to pray for me. Pray that I'll know what to say and have the courage to say it. At the right time, telling the mystery to one and all. God really is for everybody. It's a mystery. Not everybody knows the message of the good news of Jesus. Verse 20, that I, jailbird preacher that I am, the Apostle Paul, am responsible for getting out to everyone. Verse 21, Tychicus, my good friend here, will tell you what I'm doing and how things are going with me. He is certainly a dependable servant of the Master. Verse 22, I've sent him not only to tell you about us, but to cheer you on in your faith when you get into some kind of skirmish. Verse 23, goodbye, friends. Love mixed with faith be yours from God the Father and from the Master Jesus Christ, pure grace and nothing but grace be with all who love our Master Jesus Christ. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So, we need this help. We need Jesus' help. And He provides some armor for us to wear. And I've described it. And I'm going to point out, if you're taking notes, pull those, little, pull those little sermon notes. They look smaller tonight. They're narrow and long. So look at your sermon notes. Three areas that we're at the greatest risk of getting into some kind of skirmish with the enemy, who is Satan. And we're going to need a little help. Here's the first one. Be, beware of the enemy that we face. Three, three areas that we are at high risk. Say high risk. Ah, oh, that's pitiful. Say high risk. high risk. You're high risk. Yes, so am I. Heck, we're all high risk. I don't know what you're thinking. Like, oh, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Yeah, you are. But you can get yourself into a skirmish before you know you're in one. You might be an innocent bystander, and it might not have nothing to do with you, but it can happen. Beware the enemy that we face. That's the first area that we need to be concerned about, that we know who the enemy is. Satan is a strong enemy, so the Bible warns us that we need to be strong. Verse 10, 
Paul says, I'm praying for you guys to be strong. The Greek word here means to clothe ourselves with power. The word strong is passive tense. It means that one of the benefits of being a Jesus follower, what's so cool about following Jesus, is that we are acted upon by God Himself through Jesus. He takes action on our benefit, on our behalf. He gives us more strength, more spiritual strength and personal stamina than you can have on your own. So you're not by yourself when you get into some kind of skirmish. God's right there. Say, right there? Yeah, look at verse 10, the American Standard Version 1901. Be strengthened, be strong, not in your own power, but by the access that you have to divine help in the big guy, in the Lord, in God, in the creator of everything. So we're not that strong alone. Everybody has their weak spots. Everybody has their blind spots. Everybody finds themselves in some kind of little skirmish here and there. And you can be an innocent bystander, but we are strong and strengthened in the Lord, is what Paul tells us. That's what we find. Verse 10, verse 11 is a warning that the devil has a pocket full of tricks, and he's like a sneaky snake that wants to scheme and worm his way into our life. He's evil. He's a devil. He is devilish. Matter of fact, the Greek word in the Bible is diabolos. He's diabolical. Oh, yeah, that's in all those good old westerns, diabolos. Yeah, diabolical. Yeah, all of those guys. He's the guy we're talking about. He's the evil enemy. And so we need God's power and strength. Verse 11, the King James Version says, Stand against the wiles. He is a wily wily coyote. Stand against the wiles of the devil. Say amen. Still with me? Say amen. Yeah. So when we fully realize what we're really up against, you need to meet Jesus in the parking lot about every morning to go into work. And coming home, you need to meet him at work. You need Jesus. We all have this enemy. You got to stand up strong against the enemy. You got to realize who the enemy is. And so Paul describes it. Verse 12, he says, The devil has a method, he has a system to his madness. He has an army of angels that are well organized. These are not like, you know, some kind of Halloween characters. Verse 12, he talks about them as ranking officers in his army, in the devil's army. They are rulers and powers and forces of darkness and forces of wickedness. They have stripes. They have patches. They have, they have personal rank in his army. And, and they're your enemy, and they're fighting against you and I. So we need to have this strong strength that's not just us, but we need this strength that comes from God, and we need to realize who we're really fighting. You're not fighting each other. You're not really fighting each other. You need to let that go. You're not really fighting each other. You're fighting the enemy, and the enemy, you better figure this out pretty quick because, man, he's got you figured out. He's got all of these kind of ranking officers and all of his demonic powers, and so we need to understand God's power is bigger. His Kratos power, his manifest power, his mighty power, his intense power, is more than Satan's army and his power. So we need to know who the enemy is, and then we need to stand strong in our faith. And and God helps us in the parking lot or wherever we are. Verse 12, verse 13. How do we do that? Look at it. Look at, look at your Bible. Look on the screen. Look what you what we just read with the full armor of God. Get suited up, guys. Get suited up. Forward thinking, getting past our past, put on the armor of God, get suited up. 
Look up here. Look, okay, you don't, see any, you don't see anything on the screen? Look up here at me. Look up here. Some of you guys are veterans. I'm a veteran. I want to tell you what. There's guys that are real soldiers, and then there's guys that you call PX soldiers. They ain't no soldier. They just got a pass to go into the PX and buy the clothes. Amen? I met some of them. They weren't soldiers. Heck, I'm telling you, they just got a pass, went into the PX, bought the clothes, and said, okay, I'm in the army. No, they're not. We got to get in the Lord's army, and we got to put on what he's given us. And if you say, oh, I'm a Christian, I go to church. Well, are you standing strong in your faith? Are you standing up against the, the organized demons of the world, the demonic you know, powers of this world, and the rulers of darkness? Are you doing all that? No, not very much. I'm kind of weak right now. I'm kind of discouraged right now. I'm kind of depressed right now. Well, what's wrong with you? Straighten up. You've got an enemy that's trying to beat you up, trying to beat you down, trying to wear you out. You're trying to do it on your own power. You're not going anywhere. He's bigger than you are. He's a bully. Say bully. But God is bigger. And he's got this kind of unstoppable power. And so that's what it tells us. Verse 11, verse 12 gets suited up. I'll, I'll break that down in a second. What it looks like. What we just read. Verse 12, our, our battle and our struggle is with Satan. Not with people, flesh and blood. It's with this spirit world. It is a struggle. It is a scuffle in the parking lot. It's a scuffle in your kitchen. You didn't know you were going to get into a scuffle at breakfast or at supper or at lunch, but you got into some scuffle with somebody you're living with. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. It's in the Bible. Read it. And it gets ugly for sure, and it is a fight to the finish. Amen? Heck, it doesn't, oh, well, I can't wait till I'm 40. I won't have these problems anymore. I can't wait till I'm 60. I won't have these problems anymore. I can't wait till I'm 20 and I get to blow this place and I can make, be my own boss. Yeah, right. Right. We got all these problems because we're people living in a world that's fallen. And I'm just saying, it's a, it's a fight to the finish. It's a skirmish all over the place. My house, your house, everybody's house. But God is bigger. You've got to know your enemy. You've got to know who you're fighting. Quit fighting with each other. Say amen. amen. Okay, let's go to number two. Here's another risky area. Put on the right equipment that I'm talking about. Verse 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. What we just read a moment ago. Here's six items. I'll read them again. You jot them down here. Take a note. Put, put this in the blank. Six items in the armor of God. It is the belt of truth. It's the belt of truth. Put that in there. Verse 14. Buckled around your waist. The belt of truth. It'll hold your britches up. Amen? You need a belt to hold your britches up. Well, you need truth. To, you're going to shine where you don't want to shine if you ain't got the truth. I'm just saying, guys. I'm not trying to make something that's not there, but it's the honest and it's truth. We need the belt of truth to buckle around her waist. A Roman soldier wore this large heavy belt that kept his armor in position. It was sort of like a girdle. It was sort of like WW wrestling. It was like this big belt. Like I won a big belt, the belt of truth. And, and so uh, you, you need one of those. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. Chapter 4, jumping back, verse 25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood to speak the truth. You need truth. It starts with truth. Put the belt of truth. You've got to tell the honest or goodness truth even if it hurts. 
Quit being a deceiver. Quit being a half-truth. Quit being sort of true. Quit being a dishonest person. Put around your waist that holds all this stuff together that God is supplying you with. Speak the truth and put off falsehood. Speak truthfully to your neighbor for we are all members of one body. Cinch up your belt of truth. Number two, here's number two. I said there's six. The breastplate of righteousness securely in place. Covers covers important stuff there. The breastplate of righteousness. You got a heart and a liver and lungs and you got all that important stuff right in there that guard yourself. You know, your emotions, guard yourself. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Guard yourself about temptation. I drink too much. I smoke too much. I cuss too much. I'm mad too much. I'm sad too much. I'm too much. <laughs> I'm just too much. Guard yourself with this breastplate of righteousness. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. Be on your guard. It's a skirmish in the parking lot. It's a fight to the finish. But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. We read that last week. Yeah. You got to watch your tongue. Be on guard. You need this. You need to cover your cover your mouth and heart. Watch your words that you're using. Guard your heart. Makes sense. Here's number three. You need to put on the gospel of peace. You need to be a you need to be a soldier in the Lord's army. Verse fifteen. But you need to be working for the peace in your house, in your family, in your marriage. You need to be working for peace, not stirring up problems, making it worse. You need to wear the gospel of peace, the breastplate of righteousness. You need, to, you need to wear this belt of truth around your waist. You need to hold all this together and you're searching for peace in the world and peace in your world. So put on the right stuff. Put on the right kind of gear. Soldiers, soldiers had... They had issues from Uncle Sam. Larry, remember the combat boots. Remember spit-polished combat boots. Yeah, the new ones all got fancy. Got their camouflage and they're made out of fabric. But we had the old leather boots. We had, we had the old kind. You had to get spit-polished and shine your face in. But you need to have the right kind of gear and you need to have the right kind of equipment. And so... A soldier's got combat boots. They're not made for they're not made for running away, but they're made for some kind of grip. And the best kind of ones that you could ever get a hold of is they'll help you keep from slipping and sliding when a big fight breaks out. When you find yourself in some kind of skirmish, you want to get a grip. It's like somebody on a football field. You, you, you don't want to fall down with the ball in your hand. You want to get a grip. And so these Romans had soles that had nail studs like traction. And it was like you can get some traction. And so peace is not free. It's worth fighting for. And you need to fight for a little peace in your house. Fight for your marriage. Fight your, for your family. Fight for this. I mean, dig in, man. 
Like not, it's not like wearing flip-flops and say, oh, what the heck, I don't care that everybody else gives up too. You got to do better. Say better? better? Try harder. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. If, you're not, if you guys aren't uh, sharing a room together anymore, if you're in the kitchen and somebody else is sleeping on the couch or whatever, I'm just saying, put on the gospel of peace here. Work it out. Number four, you need the shield of faith. Shield of faith. What's that look like? Well, I had this class in Bible college, guys, about 50 years ago. And I'm telling you, when we went through the book of Ephesians and we got to this part in verse 16, the, the professor that was teaching our class says, well, what you guys are thinking about are like, uh, you know, a superhero that's uh, Captain America. And he's got this shield, like, you know, this circle shield. And, you know, he's like holding it all around. Says, nope, that's not what it is. That's not it. The shield, that's not the shield he's talking about. Shield of faith. What is it then? What is it? He's talking about not some kind of little circle or frisbee-sized shield. He's actually talking about a, a, a shield that's like the size of a door that you can stand behind. So a Roman soldier's shield was something that you could get entirely behind. Not just, you know, duck down here and there and hope you didn't get nicked in the elbow or something. I mean a big shield of faith. Say, big shield? Now, Connie's in this same study with the ladies, and they're in the book from Priscilla Shire, and they're talking about the armor of God. And she gave me a line this week that I thought, that's a great line. I'm telling you, I need to tell everybody at Journey Church about this line. It's in this book, and this talking about the shield of faith. And so author Priscilla Shire says, when we get behind this big shield of faith of God, like it's a big door of protection, she said, the flaming arrows of the enemy fizzle. Think about that. The flaming arrows of the enemy fizzle when you're behind the shield of faith. Big door-sized shield of faith. Got it? Say, got it? Forget this little bitty old wussy thing. Like, oh, I'm just going to hold up a Bible and, and get cut off at the knees. Yeah, you're going to get just cut at the knees. That's what's going to happen to you. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through the Spirit in your inner being. Strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Shield of faith. Not a little thing, a big thing. Like a big door-sized shield of faith behind which you are protected. Number five, put on the helmet of salvation. Verse 17, helmet is for confidence that you don't lose your mind. Look at me. Come up here. Look up. Look up here. If you get on a motorcycle and you don't put on a helmet, you really should. I'm just saying. If you're going to ride a skateboard and you don't wear a helmet, if you're going to get on a bicycle, if you, I don't care what it is that you do. If you're going to ride a snowboard, you're going to play football, you need to somehow, whatever it is that you do, maybe you drive a school bus, you need to put on something to protect your head, to protect your noggin. You want to take care of this thing. You just really do. And so that's what the helmet of salvation means, that we need to put this piece of equipment that God provides us. This Roman helmet was like this leather or metal covering over the head. 
And so what we really do, we're not, I'm not talking about putting a toboggan on. I'm talking about that we cover our head and our thoughts with the cross of Jesus. That's the helmet of salvation. That God is for me. God is not against me. God is with me. God is bigger. All that cover your mind with you, you are a child of God. Yeah, that's where it starts. Put this kind of helmet on. Push, push away negative thoughts, all those kind of like, I'm not very good. I'm not good enough. Forget that. Nobody is. We don't have to be. God's good. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, In Him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. That's your salvation, helmet of salvation. Put those thoughts in your brain. You can do it. You can do this. Your family can do it. Your marriage can do it. God will help you do it against your enemy, who is Satan, not each other. Number six, the sword of the Spirit. You need the big gun. All right, put that in there. Sword of the Spirit. Word of God. Know how to use it. Know how to use it. Know how to take it apart and put it together in the dark. Basic training for eight weeks. You know what we did every day? We took an M16 apart and put it back together over and over and over again so you could do it in the dark. We could do it. We could take an M16 apart and put it back together. Didn't have to think. We could just do it. That's what you're talking about. The Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Be, be in the Bible. Be in the book. And the sword of the Spirit will be in you. And uh, it's pretty cool. It really is. Pretty cool for all of us. Be courageous. Be brave. Verse 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Get your gear, gear up. Get serious about your life, your family, your marriage. Do it now. God is going to equip us, equip us and supply us with everything we need. Find some stability when life gets shaky and wacky and you're weary and you're tired of being best for your kids and maybe your kids are tired of being best for you. I'm just saying we can do this. We have an enemy. God will help us put on the full armor of God. Amen. Say amen. All right, here's number three. Prepare for the energy that you're going to need because it's exhausting. Verse 18. Ooh, it's exhausting. I'm going as fast as I can. I'm taking you through this outline as quick as I can, but it really is. Life is messy and it's ugly sometimes. Our marriage and family life is just a mess. I don't know how many phone calls or text messages I've taken this week. A lot. Everybody's got something. They either got something in a relationship that's not working or they just are sick. Say sick? Man, it could be cancer or it could be just I got Montezuma's revenge. Like, don't get close to me. I mean, it's terrible. It is. It's sometimes it's terrible. It's exhausting and we pass it around to each other. And heck, I'm just saying, prepare for the energy that is required. How do we do that? What what can we do when we, we're just weary of life? What can we do? Pray. That's what we do. We pray. Pray more. Say, pray more? Pray more. Yeah, just keep praying, man. Pray for, pray for power and strength when you are weary and everybody in the house is sick. Look at the Living Bible, paraphrased, verse 18, chapter 6. Pray all the time. Even before you get sick, ask God for anything in line with the Holy Spirit's wishes. Plead with Him, reminding Him of your needs, and keep praying earnestly for all Christians everywhere. 
Just keep praying as much as you can. Pray for sick kids. Pray for sick mom and dads. Pray for everybody. Pray for everything, big or small. Pray for journey. Pray for whatever you can do at journey. Pray for everybody that, like in our community, in our neighborhood. Pray, in our, pray for everybody in your family. Pray about everything. Pray about Israel right now. Pray about the war in Israel right now. Pray for those people, the soldiers and the innocent people. and Pray for that kind of stuff. Pray for the president and the next president. Pray. Pray about all those kind of things that really do matter. And pray, pray big prayers. Pray often prayers. Pray always. Pray about everything. Say everything. Yeah. Yeah. Pray more, and Ivor says, worry less. He's right. Yeah. It is true. Pray big, often, always about everything. Pray for boldness, courage, and confidence. Look at verse 19, chapter 6. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Paul says, I need help too. I'm I'm writing the book, and you're reading my words, but I need help too. So pray for me that whenever I open my mouth that I've not run out of energy and I haven't run out of, you know, courage. And, and so Paul says, pray. Pray that we say the right words in the right way all the time. We get our stamina and our energy. One more blank. We get our stamina and our energy. Put it up there. Through prayer. If you're out of gas, you're not praying enough. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. I'm not trying to be judgmental, and I'm not trying to make you feel bad. But if you're out of gas, you're just not praying enough. Because God will refill and refuel your life. He will. He'll help you do it, and he promises that that's the... That's the partnership that he has with us because he lives inside of us. And it is the honest and goodness truth. Bottom line, life is going to be a struggle. Matter of fact, it's going to be a dogfight. And you can get into a scuffle before you even know it if you're not careful. And you, you need to meet Jesus everywhere, even if it's in the parking lot. All of us need more Jesus. Amen? Yeah, I hope that that helps. I hope that you realize it's a fight to the finish. And I hope you're really serious about what I've talked about tonight. You guys who are home, I hope you you guys are as well. hope you're really serious about this. We're going to take communion. And I want to remind you of what we've been talking about in this series, that you are in the family, that you're now included in the family. That's the, that's the, that's the truth. We've all been blended into God's family. Our debts have been paid, and sometimes our focus gets a little fuzzy. And Jesus is there to clear up the picture sometimes. The devil wants to mess up our vision. And so you need to know who your true self is before we take communion. Your true self is not a loser. Not somebody who's without hope. You're not hopeless. If you follow God through Jesus, you have hope. Because you're included and blended into God's family. And even when your focus gets fuzzy... Jesus is there to clear it up. And the truth is, we were passed over the first time, but we got included after the Jewish people were invited to believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Then we also got invited. So you got to realize the right stuff that we all need is this relationship with God. 
And it's been a mystery maybe for you, for a big part of your life or your marriage. But the mystery is cleaned up. It's cleared up. And Jesus' power is where we find our energy to not give up. Make make these kind of God connections with, with God and a church and with people. And it's like all the pieces, all the cogs going together like dominoes that are all lined up around a room. And when, when we've got all of our ducks in a row like dominoes one after the other, it really is pretty cool when it works. When our life works, it's, it's really exciting. It's a lot of fun what God does with us. And sometimes it's just baby steps are the best we got. So that's okay. Baby steps, you start with crawling and taking baby steps before you can run with God. But God is patient. And so this last lesson is fight. It's a fight to the finish. And God's going to help us. He's helping us right now. Pray always. Pray more about everything. Let me read a line that I've got from C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Christianity, and then we'll take communion. C.S. Lewis said this about how important it is that we should have a personal intimacy with God. Not just know about God, but that we would have personal intimacy with God. Here's what C.S. Lewis says. There is no other way to the happiness for which we were made than to have this personal intimacy with God. And he goes on and explains and says it like this. If you want to get warm, you must stand near the fire. If you want to be wet, you must get in the water. If you want joy, power, peace, eternal life, you must get close to or even into the thing that has them. That would be God. You want peace and power and joy and eternal life? Yeah, I do. Take the bread. cup pray with me I'm going to pray God is a fight to the finish to our very last breath as long as there's breath in us we're probably going to try to be stubborn or difficult we'll find ourselves in a skirmish some kind of battle we were not prepared for Thank you, God, that it's not over. Thank you that in spite of our human tendencies, that we wander away like sheep who need to be rescued again. You have rescued us and that Jesus is the good shepherd and you are the good father. So thank you, God, for coming to get us tonight. May we all pray more. Instead of be anxious and fearful and concerned, may we pray about everything. May we put on the armor of God and suit up like we really are soldiers in the Lord's army. And may we prepare ourselves for the real battle. The enemy, the spiritual enemy who is around us with all of his dominion and his kind of demonic powers. But God, you are bigger and stronger. You conquered death and Satan is done. May we put it away. May we put sin away as you put it away for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, guys. Thank you for joining us. I hope you can hop on here tonight, later, share it with somebody and tell them, man, you can get into a skirmish and 
don't even know it. You're just an innocent bystander, but it's not over. It's a fight to the finish, and God's going to help us. Come back tomorrow for a picnic, or annual picnic, and chicken, and side dishes, and desserts. It'll be a lot of fun. Bring somebody back with you. Let's do that tomorrow. Put your offering in the plate that's being passed, and if you've got some pocket change, put it in the jug up here. We'll give that away. God bless you. See you real soon.